Welcome to Coaching Conversations, a weekly discussion of topics related to coaching and the sport of volleyball at all levels. I'm your host, John Foreman, author of the CoachingVB.com blog and co-developer of the Volleyball Coaching Wizards Project. Let's dive right in. Welcome to episode 20 of the podcast. It is February 21st, 2021, as I record this introduction. Uh, the discussion that is going to take place in this particular conversation uh, is is more or less between uh, my friend Ruben Wallachine, who you may recall is coaching in Hungary right now with uh, Fino Kaposhvar. Um, they're in the middle of their, or toward the end of their regular Hungarian season, uh, getting toward the, the, I think they're getting into the cup semifinals or into the cup semifinals right now. And only have one or two matches left before playoffs at this point. Um, Ruben was on a couple of times in the original coaching conversation series, and I'll provide links in the in the notes so you can check those out. Um, one of the guys on the Madai College men's team told me very early on, uh, I think in maybe our first conversation that we ever had, uh, he was interested in progressing on and playing professionally after he finished his school here. Uh, he's currently a sophomore, so he's got at least two seasons, potentially four more seasons, depending on you know if he wants to use up all the eligibility that will be available to him since his freshman year uh, is he's getting back because of the short season. This year, Division Three has already blanket waivered everybody, so he, he won't be using any eligibility this year. So effectively, as a junior academically, he's going to be a freshman as far as uh, NCAA eligibility is concerned. So it, it could be that he he could still be here for a couple of years, or maybe he decides uh, after he finishes and graduates to maybe transfer somewhere else or does decide to progress on and go and play in Europe, either by way of working into the professional ranks directly or maybe doing something like going to the UK and doing a master's there as a stepping stone into uh, then progressing on to Europe, kind of, you know, get your feet wet, maybe get some exposure over there because uh, there is a, a major club team over there that does play in Europe a bit. Uh, I've got, a, I think it was one of, yeah, I've got a, a two conversations on the, on that topic in particular, the, uh, the UK option. One of them was, well, both of them feature uh, my friend Alex Porter, who coaches at the University of Essex. One is from the recruiting side of things, so more the coach's aspect of it, and that was a podcast from a few episodes back. And the other one was actually more the player side of things, or, well, yeah, we'll call it the player side of things because a couple of his players were, former players were actually involved in that conversation. And that was one of the ones that I did uh, summer 2020 as part of the original conversation series. So I'll, I'll link both of those into uh, the show notes. Um, so you can check those out if you want to. Uh, like I said, which path? Uh, Malachi says the player's name is Malachi Jackson. He goes by Chi. Uh, we'll decide to, to take. You know, it's a, obviously it will be up to him and the circumstances at the time. But I thought it would be interesting to have him uh, meet up and talk with Ruben. Uh, Ruben has actually talked with my team already back in, I believe, September. I. Uh, I had him come on a Zoom with them and, and talk about kind of self-scouting, looking at ourselves 
and being able to pick up on things and look at yourself critically, non-judgmentally, that sort of thing. And it may have them uh, come back again once we get start to start playing, which will happen pretty soon. As I record this, we're three days away from our first match. So finally, uh, I figured Ruben would be somebody interesting for, for Malachi to talk to because Ruben is coached in, when he first got to Europe, he was coaching in Spain, he coached in Denmark and Finland and Germany and now in Hungary. So he's been in quite a few uh, potential places um, so he, you'll hear the conversation that we we talk kind of uh, potential sort of what would be a good first step and then what the progression might be like after that and and things that, that Malachi could focus on in terms of the next couple of years of development and maybe starting to get his, his name out there for potential clubs to pick up down the line. So if you're interested in the professional side of a volleyball, either just, you know, out of curiosity as a club coach or, or, or a college coach or anything like that, or maybe as a player, whatever, um, hopefully you'll find this interesting. Feel free to post any comments or questions you might have. I'm sure I could get Ruben to answer any questions that, that, that come up, um, whatever you, those might be, either directly or, you know, in a second podcast, if there's enough interest in that. All right. Uh, beyond that, kind of on a personal update, I said we've got our first match in three days. <clears throat> it dawned on me earlier in the week, a few days ago, that that's actually going to be my first U.S. college match as a head coach, an official match. Back when I was at Midwestern during the summer when I was the acting head coach, yes, I coached the team in, in a spring tournament. Obviously, that's not particularly official. So <clears throat> this will be the first time. I, you know, clearly, I coached a college team in the UK. I've coached a professional team. God only knows how many juniors matches I've coached, um, and I've certainly been on the bench for hundreds of college matches as an assistant. Um, but this will be the first time. Six months later than it probably would have been if you know if the women had had their season back in the fall. Uh, but we're finally here. Uh, so we'll uh, look forward to seeing how it goes and using letting the team use it as a stepping stone to figure out what we need to get good at and or better at, what we're doing well that we can keep pushing on with. Um, yeah, it's having only had at most nine guys, and I think that's where we're going to top out uh, in a training session. You know, we haven't been able to do 6v6. So this will be our, our first chance to really do that. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, as a coach, I'm looking at it as an exam. All right, we've been doing all this work, prepping, practicing, but until we get into real competition, especially in a 6v6 competition, it's going to be, it's hard to know where you are. So we'll, we'll learn a few things about that. But I'll have that update next week. Uh, and fill you in on how that all went. For now, uh, enjoy this conversation uh, between myself and Ruben and Malachi, and uh, have the best week that you possibly can. So, Ruben, Malachi, a.k.a. Chief, has AKA. aspirations. Okay. Big aspirations. Big aspirations. So, I thought this was a good opportunity for him to, to learn from the master. Uh, I'm not the master. How, how one goes about 
making the, the jump from playing college volleyball in the United States to, to maybe playing somewhere over in Europe or wherever. Could be Puerto Rico, could be, could be Argentina. Sometimes that can happen as well. Uh, and I figure you coached in Spain and Denmark and Finland and England and now Hungary. I figure you know a little bit about this and you've coached many American boys. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've been working with some Americans. Um, and I will ask you one. Is it Chi Malahi, Mr. <laughs> so, Johnson, or how would you like me to call you? My name is officially Malachi, but you can Malachi. call me Chi. Yeah. Chi. Okay. Yeah. Let's go on Chi. Very right, good. Let's go with that. My name is Ruben. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Ruben. Um, what are you studying? Uh, right now, coach got me at outside. Did you ask studying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right now, for this year, we need him to be an outside. Unless okay. we get another body and he can go back to playing on the right. Okay. How tall are you? 6'3". Six, 6'3". Three. Six, three. Good. Can you, can you translate first... that into centimeters, Ruben? Is that okay? You, you're yeah, good yeah, with... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one, 190. Okay. 188, 190. Mm -hmm. And do you remember your vert? No, I do not, honestly. I never really I got an official vertical. Yeah, we haven't done any testing like that. Okay. But it's very easy to to settle down. Just a mark with a chalk on the or, wall and that's it. Maybe maybe in practice today you can you can touch the antenna. Can see how high yeah. you can touch on the antenna. Right. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but well, I think that playing in, I would say, playing in Europe as a college player, it is not so difficult. I would say. Of course, you need to show some interesting level, uh, but I assume that you can jump. I would fully recommend you to try to master your left side as a player because mm -hmm. um, normally when I was coaching at the Bundesliga, for example, mm -hmm. um, normally I see beside the, um, the technical uh, or the skills as a package, I pay attention a lot at the physical package because how much the players reach, how is the stand reach, because sometimes it's, uh, I would say international volleyball, it's pretty much different than college volleyball. Mm -hmm. the, the game is a lot faster. I mean, in professional level, uh, it's a lot faster. You play with senior players all the time that sometimes they are not very good players, but they know the game. Right. So they've been playing for many, many years. And this sometimes makes a kind of difference because even though we know it's a error sport, uh -huh. you know, when you play abroad, it's right. different at the college, you know, um, <laughs> then, yeah. And money-wise, perhaps, is not 
to become rich. I'm sure that you will help yourself to pay back the... I don't know if it's exactly like I would say, but normally students in USA, you get a loan to make the studies and so on. And sometimes playing abroad helps you to pay back this, this credit, let's say. Yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and and this is also a kind of um, experience. Um, yes, for sure. Mm, um, I'm not. I, I'm definitely not playing to like get rich off of volleyball. Like I love the sport of volleyball. Like I would, I, I'm like dying to go overseas and learn the game more and get like better mm. and better as time goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Um, one thing that sometimes I will tell you my personal experience uh, with sometimes with the American players, I'm very uh, defensive, I would say, because there are players who have big potential, which are coming. I normally had players always from level one, from NCAA level one, from I would say pretty big universities, Penn State, Stanford, UCLA. Uh, uh, Graham was from? Uh, was he Ohio State? No, he was no, from no. Indiana. Oh, 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 uh, one of the Chicago schools, right? Uh, Loyola oh, no. or? No, or he was in, in Indiana at the at the father of uh, Louis Ball. Oh, oh, right. Oh, uh, I think it was IUPUI. Or, uh, yeah, something like that. Or Ball State or one of those two. Ball right. State. Ball State. Okay. He was from Ball State. So players from certain level. And, and sometimes those players are coming to Europe just to experience a little bit the world. And they don't give a shit about how serious we are talking about professional volleyball. Ruben, I'm going to have to bleep that. <laughs> Sorry? I'm going to have to bleep that out of the recording. Oh, you, and, you and your language. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought it is more like a familiar conversation. Uh, because sometimes, and with this, I'm not going to be like a messiah mm-hmm. but when I give an opportunity to players to come to our team I'm risking the food of my kids somehow right. you know and right. then if a player comes to see the world is risking the results of the team and at the end of the day is risking my job no, for and sure it's different, it's different than in in USA, that sometimes the university you are making from the first to the fourth year, and then you are gone, mm-hmm. you know. And this is also kind of somehow a responsibility the players should address when you embark yourself in such a trip, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, Ruben, why don't you why don't you talk um, about kind of the the way the levels of play work in Europe. So what what a progression could be for an American player, especially one who's not coming from one of the, the big Division I schools. Yeah. How, I how would they say, might come in and progress. Yeah, I would say that some of the, the best countries to go for are the Nordic countries. 
because one interesting thing, I don't know exactly how is it right now, but one thing that uh, the Nordic countries help a lot is that sometimes you can make masters or PhDs for free by playing volleyball or by playing a sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the first guy I had from USA was a guy from Hawaii, middle blocker. Right. He went to make a, an MBA in a, a master business administration. Mm-hmm. And he's working for the International Monetary Fund in Hong Kong since that time. Almost. Oh, okay. okay. And he did this MBA for free in a very good um, economical school in Europe. So he got a fantastic degree for free. Right. For free, yeah. By, play, by playing volleyball. And this means a lot more than playing professional sometimes. <laughs> um, and then, for example, playing in Norway, playing in Denmark, playing in Sweden, it can give you this opportunity. Um, normally, those, those leagues don't have restriction about the foreign players. Mm-hmm. Uh, those countries are very American-friendly countries, so you don't need very many special things to get the student visa. Yeah. And, and you will get, for sure, accommodation, sometimes a little bit help for food, and sometimes some little money. About, I don't know, maybe $700 right. or $800 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you manage yourself, let's say, to survive and to play a decent level. Once you prove that you can make it there, there are coming the Rubens who are looking at players all over Europe for, let's say, opportunities. Right. And then you make yourself. Uh, because, and please uh, ask questions when you have some, because otherwise I speak and sometimes I go anywhere. I got you, got you. But for example, and it's a completely different pathway, the guys who are at the USA gym, I mean, this such a group of 20 players, you know, because... Uh, sometimes they are coming some big agencies of players mm-hmm. mainly located in Poland or in Italy and they start to look these guys or for these guys when they are in the third, fourth year of the university. Okay. Yeah, because for example, now I know um, the opposite from Brigham Young, uh, it's a boy Fernandez from, from Puerto Rico because I have mm. friends who are sending me contacts and sending right. me videos. But for example, for this guy, even if I would be in Germany, maybe this guy is not coming to my team anymore because he has already certain level that he can go maybe to a higher league, level league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the, for the Division 2, the Division 3... I would fully suggest the the entry the the Nordic countries. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Yeah. 
uh, just and just one quick clarification, at least on Sweden. I don't know about Norway. Sweden ha- allows three foreigners on, okay. in the squad. Okay. Uh, yeah. Denmark, as far as I'm aware, at least when I was there, they did they didn't have any limits. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's relatively easy to get in there. Now, how does Austria, Switzerland, for example, how do they compare well, as kind of the uh, are they the, the next tier? Yeah, the level in Austria or in Switzerland, it's a little bit higher, but they are also a little bit more, or they are more picky at the moment they choose players. Right. Uh, Because the level is not much higher. And sometimes there are clubs that, let's say the the league, perhaps the level is a little bit better, but the clubs Mm -hmm. are not very well organized. Ah, okay, gotcha. And sometimes I would say Switzerland can be okay, but it's unbelievably expensive. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how is it in USA, but maybe a coffee is five dollars for a coffee. And and then of course having your normal meal. It would be expensive. And then sometimes people get confused. Say, oh, we will pay you, I know, $1,500. And then you think, oh, it's it's decent. And it's not decent at all. Then you are running (laughs) after. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think Austria also, it's kind of uh, same level like, like, um, like Switzerland. But also, I really don't know how how would be the 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 management to get to there because okay. sometimes the the clubs for in in the case of Switzerland there are many can there are many players from the European countries that they want to go there all right. players from Poland all players from all the Eastern countries the former communist countries. Mm-hmm. That the life the, the the life quality is not so high, and Switzerland it's really high. So then sometimes they mix with the job and so on. Then they stay there forever. Yeah. Okay. So is it harder for a D three like college student to get into like a, a international team, or like no, or like it's like the same type of. No, I would say if you somehow are lucky and if you get some good videos, some people who can push you, then it would be all right. I need to see you. And then I can tell you with my hand at my heart, I will tell you where should you start, let's say. But always people who want to play, I would fully encourage to go. Okay. Yeah. In, um, in general terms, Ruben, yeah. for, for somebody like Chi, thinking, because you said think outside hitter, because at 190, probably on the small side for an opposite in at, at the professional level, um, what, what are the skill priorities that teams are going to be looking for? Uh, I think with your size, I don't know how much you jump. Is he jumping high, John? He jumps. He jumps well. Yeah. Yeah, and normally, if he plays, 
as a as an outside hitter, will he play close or away from the setter? We're working on that. Okay, okay, <laughs> because you know then. It it's also depends on the level of the league and so. But if you are more attacker than a receiver, uh, sometimes it can be that you go by or away from the setter. But um, I think it's important to be a decent receiver. Mm-hmm. I I would say that with the float you should be able to manage with right. the overhead, with the jump service able to keep the ball, and then if you are a good attacker. Because at the end of the day, we win or we lose by attacking and serving. Mm-hmm. I'm right. a little bit um, raw, let's say. I'm a little bit square mind. Mm-hmm. We need to slam this damn ball and that's it. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when you have the possibility to get physical players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, but the the skill priority, I would say, should be the the um, the reception, of course, as an outside hitter. But attacking and and serving also, it's very very important. Okay. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. And and then depends which is the team you go, how lucky you are to get a good organization, a good club, and so on. And and to be a good guy, you know, you need to work good, you need to be, sometimes you will hear things that you don't like, uh, but when you understand that this also depends on your success, you will struggle until the things are getting better, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so this is not the the biggest point. Now, mm-hmm. Ruben, most guys are most guys use an agent, right? To to get placed in Europe. Yes. Yes. There are many players getting agents. Um to be honest, normally with players I would say from as you said, D three, D two, uh I would start perhaps connecting through your coach, through friends, let's say, to offer yourself to the clubs. Because, for example, in the Nordic countries, I don't know how is your experience with the ladies team, John, but I think the clubs are not eager to pay for an agent uh, to get the foreign players. Most of the times the players are going there without agents, but I don't know exactly. Uh, I mean, in our case, I think most of it came through an agent for the foreign really? players. Yeah. But which yep. agency was it? Bring it USA. I I don't know because it, it players got passed to me through the the manager, so I didn't actually have any contact with the agent side of things. And do you remember the name of the agent? Well, I I didn't see that stuff. I, ah. That was all the manager who just said, "Okay, oh, okay. here's a list of players. Take a look and let me know." Okay. So, okay. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because also, for example, women volleyball in USA, it's a big business. And then uh, there are a lot of guys uh, working on this. Oh, she got <laughs> upset. <laughs> Blackout. Uh, but you can, you can carry on your thought because we're still recording this. Yeah. 
So you're saying women, a lot of a lot of women getting recruited. Yeah, the thing is that the the players' production from USA in in women's side is massive. You know, yeah. and there are especially there are two three groups. I know one especially which was Bring It USA. They were organizing tours. So players pay for the agency to come to Europe. They did a tour. They showed themselves. And it was a kind of a market. Like they did an open market to to, to show themselves to the clubs. Um, right, yeah. But, but actually... It's coming back yet. Yeah. Okay. And then the agency was doing a double business because they were charging the players to to get to Europe and after charging the clubs to to pay for them. So Right. Uh, yeah, not doing too much of that right now though with with COVID. No, perhaps But not. I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and also this year I know that getting to Europe for let's say the the normal players was not so easy. Okay. Uh, yeah, they weren't. They weren't letting Americans come over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there were many teams having problems to to pay to the players, um, sending players back in the middle of the season. So this season is particularly strange, but I think everything indicates that next season will be better. Yeah. All right, well, okay. on that, Ruben. Just talk a little bit about the risks, because uh, you kind of talked about getting let go midway through the season. You kind of talked about maybe the clubs in in certain places not being as well run as as other things. And I remember yeah. when I went to coach in Sweden, you you were uh, you know you advocated for it because you felt like the Nordic Scandinavian leagues are organizationally pretty sound. You know, you get through a season. There's not a lot of risk that you're not going to get paid, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, which mm-hmm. does definitely come up in other places. Yeah. I think that um, as a player also, normally those places are, I would say, less risky than some other ones uh, because they they know the players are coming from certain level. The level itself is not very demanding that um, that you you are on the risk of do or die every time. So I think this is also, especially for newcomers, I think it's it's a good place, and and there are plenty of examples. You know, there are clubs bringing every time in Sweden three, four Canadian players, in Denmark the same, Canadian or American players, Australian players, as a bunch. They took two or three all together, two or three all together. So then it's a matter of a little bit of contacts and a little bit of luck. Um, that, you know, sometimes you see something on the players and then you somehow bet for them. Okay. Um, yeah, and also I don't know the 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 point of the need of each team because sometimes the the teams 
needs certain players and they sometimes they are not also very uh, organized or they are not very lucky to find players. So it's a kind of, um, I don't know, like a putting the, the balls together, let's say. But okay. it's a lot about how, how many contacts your coach can help you. I think John, in this case, can help you uh, and, and start knocking. You know, you have to knock. Knocking doors, and then sooner than later will be some doors which are going to open. Uh, okay. Ruben, talk about how, especially at that, that level, there can be additional demands. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in Sweden, the, the girls that we brought in from the States had coaching duties. Mm. Uh, I, do you, did you get to know Jordan, the British guy who was sometimes coming to Germany to practice with us? Uh, no, I don't think we overlapped. Okay. Uh, because I would say he's a, a guy from, I would say, not a really high level. And he ended up playing in Sweden, for example. He was very committed, hard worker, a disciplined guy. And sooner than later, he found the team. Uh, so it depends. It's difficult to, to identify this. You know, because, for example, a few days ago, I was talking with Daniel about uh, DeFalco. How is it? TJ DeFalco. Yeah, and that's, uh, for uh-huh. those listening, that's Daniel Castellani, legendary coach. I know exactly who he's, that is. Uh, but this boy DeFalco is one of the, let's say, new stars coming to the USA national team, somehow like that. And, and of course, for those for those type of players, it's not so difficult to find teams. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes the agents are working with these players easy than they will work with you or me. You know, uh, my friend Daniel Castellani, who is a legend as a coach, the agents are calling him. For me, nobody calls me to offer me clubs. I have to also make not the door, talk with somebody, talk with another body, and and keep the contacts alive. Um, so in this case, there are a lot of opportunities. There are many different levels. Uh, it depends how good you can show yourself. Right. And then it's a matter of consistency once you get the first chance. Okay. Um, I think it's somehow different sometimes with the with the coaching, but I did also some uh, bet because when I was coming to Europe the very first time, I downgrade myself two leagues. I started in a very low level in Spain, thinking that the level would be like in Argentina. And the level was terrible. Mm-hmm. And from a professional, fully professional team I was coaching in Argentina, suddenly I end up in a team which was training before I arrived four times a week. 
And then I organized to start every day, sometimes twice a day, and more and more professional. And in two years, from third division in Spain, we finished at the highest level. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I was always confident on myself. So then it's also something that I I'm know definitely that... definitely confident in myself, 110%. Yeah, yeah. So then you need to concentrate to make a good season this season that you can get better as much as possible as an outside hitter uh, and then start, I would say, April, May to knock doors. Even though now you can start, as soon as you have a couple of games, I would say you should start asking, contacting teams and so on. Well, he's he's got... Two two more years to graduation, right? Oh, okay. So, and actually, he's got four more years of eligibility because he hasn't used any yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were born when you were born. I was born in two thousand one. Two thousand and one. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's a he's a sophomore here this year, Ruben. Second what, year. The advantage you may have is you have one advantage and one disadvantage. The advantage is that when you come to Europe, you are already, or you have already completed your education, you know? And then if your volleyball career doesn't go further, you don't have to worry what to do when you return to USA. Um, Kids here, sometimes they get to somehow professional structures earlier but then the players are they commit themselves to kind of professional level that sometimes doesn't allow them to fully study and then they delay the education a little bit sometimes they never finish the education so this is also kind of disadvantage that the players here have you know and you will come with certain maturity that when you come to Europe, you will know what you want. You already have the education and then you can, let's say, see the world a little bit. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes on the website, coachingbb.com, for links to further information about this episode. You'll also be able to find the complete back catalog of prior coaching conversation. While you're there, you can sign up for my mailing list. Members find out in advance what conversations I'll be doing next and can submit questions if they like. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash coaching Patrons get early access to every episode as well as other special benefits along the way. I'm always interested in hearing what you think about coaching conversations and ideas you might have of topics and or guests for future episodes. You can send them to me at john at coachingbb.com, tweet them to at coachingbb, or hit me up on my Facebook page, Coaching Volleyball. All the best until next time.